You are now listening to Shades of Jay, the podcast, a podcast created to empower spiritual growth and build confidence for the everyday believer. This is also for the entrepreneurial Christian trying to find balance between business and kingdom, even for the non-believer with an open mind and hopes to becoming one. Being a follower of Christ's has its many stereotypes. We're here to break out of those religious boundaries without watering down the gospel. Join myself, Aaliyah J, and special guests every Wednesday as we start the conversation. Welcome to Shades of J. Hey guys, welcome back to Shades of J, the podcast. My name is Aaliyah J, and you are now tuned into episode nine. This episode is entitled Finding Our Youth in Christ. Before I start today's message, I just wanted to give a quick disclaimer that this is going to be intended and targeted towards the younger generation and younger audience. However, this message could apply to anyone because as, as we all know that age and time and maturity and age, they don't really go hand in hand. Without further ado, let's get right into the message. As of lately, I have been struggling in the area of my identity and who I am. And a quick backstory. Y'all know I always love to start with a backstory. I have honestly been confused (laughs) about my life, where I am, where I'm going what's happening. To be honest, nine times out of 10, I have no idea what's happening with or in my life. And I feel like I'm I'm not the only one that feels that way, especially being in my 20-somethings. I feel like I'm not the only 20-something-year-old who's confused. Um, However, with that, God is not the author of confusion. In scripture, you can find that it does say that he gave us the spirit of uh, love and of power and of a sound mind. And so really at no point should we be confused as a believer ever. And if you are ever confused, you need to go back to the drawing board. The drawing board being the word, the word of God, your Bible, and tap into the spirit tap in with God, and ask that he give you clarity. Now, that's easier said than done, especially if, one, you're not a believer, two, you don't have a relationship with God, or three, you just absolutely, (laughs) you lost in the sauce just altogether, right? So this message is not just for the believer, It's for the non-believer in hopes to becoming one. It's for the believer. It's for any and everyone, but especially targeting this towards uh, people, young men and young women, because I feel like in our younger ages, establishing our life is the most important. And just to elaborate on that a little bit, when you are in your 20s, it becomes very, like life is just difficult. 
it's really like all over the place. And I, in one of my episodes from the first season, I talked about um, the 20 somethings. And one of the things that I mentioned, and I still stand by what I mentioned till this day, is that your 20 something years of life should be hard. If it feels hard, it should be. Why? Because right now, we're laying out the foundation that is going to that our that our future is going to stand on. Foundations are not going to be easy to lay out. And so I'm I'm even though I know this, I'm realizing that I can't do this alone and I can't do this by myself. And at this point, a lot of things in life are bigger than me. And this is why it's really important to have a relationship with Christ, the true and living God. Because if you don't believe in something bigger than you, you're never going to be successful ever in life. And success to me is not just money and material. You are not going to be, you are not going to feel fulfilled. You will be confused. And the author of confusion is of the devil. God is not lost in the sauce. He's not confused. And without believing in something that's bigger than us, we will always fail at life. And lately, I have been trying to find who I am. And I've been finding myself completely frustrated And I'm only 25, but I'm like, I feel like I should have my life figured out, but I don't. I feel like when I take, you know, one step forward, I'm taking 10 steps back. I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not seeing, like I mentioned in the last episode, fruit being produced. I'm not just, I'm not seeing the fruits of my labor. I'm not, I still feel stagnated. And nine times out of 10, like I said, I just am confused altogether. This episode is to bring clarity to the mind of the youth, helping us to understand that our identity crisis will cease when we find our identity in Christ. Because he is... Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. He's the author of our lives. In scripture, you will find that it says that he created us in our mother's womb. Pretty much he sewed us together. He knows everything about our innermost part, the innermost parts of our being. You can also find that in scripture. And so what that says to me is, if at any point I don't know what I may need or want or which direction I need to go, I need to call on the father. Why? Because he created me. He knows me better than I know myself, better than my mother knows me, better than anyone close to me will ever know. Don't believe me? Well, let's go to scripture. Y'all know I love to go to scripture. So we are actually going to be coming out of a few different books of the Bible. We're going to be talking about four 
righteous men, righteous-ish, one of them weren't so righteous, but four men from the Bible. And these are going to be the who we're talking about today, Joseph, Samuel, David, and Solomon. As of right now, we are going to be discussing how these boys went from boys to men. Joseph is first mentioned in Genesis 30 and 23. We meet Joseph, however, in Genesis chapter 37, and he is only 17 at the time where we actually meet him. Now, you guys are going to hear a little theme. I'm going to go back and forth a little bit between when they are mentioned and when we quote unquote meet them. I'm going to put a pin in that. Keep that in the back of your mind, okay? Because it does have relevance at some point. Samuel, he is first mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20. We meet Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18. He is just a child when he begins ministering before the Lord. And you can find that in scripture. David is first mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. However, we meet David in 1 Samuel 17. He is the youngest boy of eight. Last but not least, Solomon. He is first mentioned in 2 Samuel 12 and 24. However, we meet Solomon in 1 Kings 3. And when we meet Solomon, although it does not mention or say Solomon is young, and it does not mention his age, like the last three, predictions of Solomon's age have gone anywhere between age 20 and 25. And I think I even read somewhere that he was 15. So we can just say between 15 and about 25. Now, here's the thing. Quick synopsis on each boy we're going to go through. So Joseph is the one of the sons, one of the 12 sons of Jacob, whose name becomes Israel. And if you know your scripture, hallelujah. If you don't, quick, 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 quick synopsis. Jacob is one of the boys who is or creates the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob was the most loved son by his father. I'm so sorry. Joseph, excuse me. Joseph is the most loved son by his father, Jacob. And over in scripture, you find that Joseph was loved by Jacob um, because of his old age. Jacob was older at the time. Also, Jacob, um, when he, he has four wives. One of the wives, however, that he has was actually the one he actually loved and fell in love with and wanted to be with. Stuff happened and he ends up having three other wives on top of this one. And so Jacob, to me, I felt like that was why he ended up loving. Jacob comes from the one woman who, or I'm sorry, Joseph comes from the one woman who Jacob um, loved. So that's another story for another time and another day. But yes, so he is very, very, very important in the Bible. David is one of the kings in the Bible, one of the most prominent kings, one of the most favorite kings. He was the king. Uh-oh. 
Lord forgive me, he was not the king of kings. You know, that's Jesus. But he, you guys, he was just chef's kiss as a king, okay? Um, Samuel is a prophet. Now, Samuel's mother, actually, her name was Hannah. She dedicated, dedicates or vows, if you will, uh, made a vow to God that if God blessed her womb because she was having trouble getting pregnant, that she would actually dedicate her son back to him, uh, meaning she would or I'm sorry, he would in some way, shape, or form be living for God and be a righteous man. God hears this prayer and blesses Hannah's womb and she um, gives birth to Samuel. Samuel is a prophet and we'll go into each of their stories a little bit in the point of why it matters in this episode today in a little Last but not least, we have Solomon. Solomon is the son of King David. And Solomon accidentally, if you will, inherits uh, the uh, king uh, kingship. Now, we're going to also put a pin in that. We got two pins right now. We're putting a pin in that. Now, going back to our first pin and follow me, you guys, because I know this gets a little boring. Yes, we're going to have a teaching moment. Yes, there's no reason for me to have a Christian podcast and not be making references to my Bible. All right, just follow. <laughs> so, and we're going to breathe after I said this. We're just going to take a moment and a, and a pause. The reason earlier I mentioned that there um, is a, or wanted to point out when these guys are mentioned and then when we meet them is because when you're called, it might usually be when you're younger. God can use anybody mightily at any age, at any time. However, usually when there's a calling on your life, whether you know it or not, it's usually possibly placed there before you're even born. Now, who we are when we are called will not be who we are when we step into our purpose. And just to go on a little further, who we are will look different when, than when who we become. Now, let me repeat that. Who we are when we are called will not be who we are when we step into our purpose. Following up with who we are, quote unquote, will look different than who we become. The relevance in when they're mentioned and when we meet them is because they're totally different people once we actually meet who they are. Now, a mention is mentioning someone's name, as scripture does. When you read Genesis chapter 30, verse 23, that's when Joseph's name is first mentioned. However, in Genesis 37, this is where we meet him. And I'm going to quickly read Genesis 37 just to give you guys the idea of where I'm going and what I mean by what I'm saying. So going into Genesis 37. Okay. And I don't want to be reading from the Amplified Version right now, but I love me a good Amplified Version. Okay, so we're going to start at um, Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to start at verse 2. 
This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, so there's the mention of his age, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to his father. Now, the reason that I wanted to mention that, and I'm going to keep going in a little bit, is because right now we're getting a feel of who Joseph is. So it mentions that he's 17, and it also mentions that he bought, brought bad report back to his father about his two brothers. Now, his brothers are older than him. So imagine your little brother who's probably annoying, who's probably a snitch. See, this is us meeting or seeing characteristics of Joseph. Picking up on verse 3, now Israel, which Israel is who Jacob is, but Jacob's name gets changed to Israel by the Lord. Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. We're going to stop right there. So we meet Joseph when he's 17. We're going to come back to Joseph in just a little bit. When Samuel is called, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. The house of Israel wasn't keeping the commandments of the Lord. And you can find that over in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 11. Now, I want you guys to understand a little bit that once... When, excuse me, Samuel is called, as I mentioned, at this time, the children of Israel, the house of Israel, they doing all type of crazy stuff. They are not doing what they're supposed to do. They are wicked. They are violent. They are doing actually the very opposite of what God asked them to do. So at this time and in, in this moment, if you will, there hasn't really been a prophet before the children of Israel. Now, you have to understand that when Samuel is called, there was no king over Israel. The house of Israel directly dealt with the Lord. And at some point, they got a, they were afraid of, of God's voice. So they asked Moses, and I'm going a little to the left. I'm going to bring it back in. I'm going to reel it back in, I promise. But they asked Moses to have to tell God that they were pretty much afraid of his voice and they prefer Moses speak to them as God speaks to Moses. So they wanted Moses to only speak to them because they were afraid, right? So God honored what they said, giving us the hearts of our desires, that's what he does. And he dealt with Moses directly and then Moses would then tell them what thus says the Lord, right? There was no king in the days when Samuel is born. Matter of fact, Samuel eventually becomes the one who anoints King Saul. Okay. King Saul is going to be the first king to or over the house of Israel. All right. But before anything, and it's important to note this, and I'm going to come back to why, but Samuel, when he is born and when he is called, there is no king in Israel at that time. Okay. So picking up just to read first Samuel chapter three, verse 11. And I am reading out of the new King James version. It reads, then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, 
I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. And that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him, I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. Okay, put in a pin on that. Mind you, when Samuel is called, he's also called at a young age. Moving on to David, when David is called, the current king of Israel was wicked. Again, David becomes the second king eventually of Israel. But the first king, as I just mentioned, was King Saul. So when David's called, he's a young kid. He's a boy, youngest of eight of his brothers, as I mentioned earlier. However, there is a king in Israel. Eventually one day, however, David would become the king. It is written in scripture that David was young, bright eyed, intending to his father's flock also when he's called. And if I go to, uh, again, New King James Version, we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Guys, I know this is, just just, just follow me, okay? I, I, I promise I have a point to all of this. But chapter 16, and we're going to read verse 11. And it reads, And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and bright eyed and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. So David is called by God at a young age. Lastly, we have Solomon. He was called when he was a baby, literally inherited the kingdom before he could even talk. And you can find this over in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 24. Now, the awesome thing about this is Samuel anoints David, who eventually becomes king. And David begots, or, you know, he didn't have, but he is the father of Solomon. So they're all tied together. And I and I actually loved this little quick teaching for myself. And I do, I did have to share it, but picking up 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. And it reads, Then David comforted Bathsheba his wife and went into her and lay with her. So she bore a son and his and he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him and he sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet. So he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. Boom. Solomon is born and he's actually called when he's born. Now why and what was the point in me giving you guys all of those examples? Again, usually when we're called, it's going to be in a younger age. Now, at this young age, using myself as an example, I had no idea I was called up until till maybe a year ago, if I'm being honest, okay? I always knew something about me was different. I always knew something about me was a little off, and I thought it was in a bad way, but... 
as I began to tap into the spirit, began tapping into God, began dealing, you know, allowing God to deal with me, he began to change me both inwardly and outwardly, but inwardly is what mattered the most. Now, I'm finding that the reason growing up I struggled with my identity was simply because I didn't know who I was. I knew how people perceived me. I knew how I felt. But what I did not know is how God seen me, what God has to say about me, and how he feels about me. That I did not know. And so every day for 20, about four, 23, 24 years, I struggled with identity, as we all do, especially being a young woman, a young black woman. You know, um, my life wasn't bad at all. I just, there just was always something missing, a void. And when there's voids, you usually go look to fulfill these voids in all the wrong places. And I find that younger people, especially today, are looking for voids in all the wrong places because most young people are not being raised by their parents. They're being raised by the internet. They're being raised by the culture. They're being raised by everything that's not good for them. Granted, I am only 25, but even me growing up, you know, in the early 2000s, things obviously were way different than what they are now. And I could only imagine how growing up as a kid in the 90s, growing up as a kid in the 80s, so on and so forth, way different, right? Identity crisis is real because when you don't know who you are, you don't know where you're going. You're blindly walking. You have no idea what, what like you don't. And you're painting a picture of yourself based off of either what you've been through, how you feel, or how people perceive you and what they say to you. That's damaging to the spirit, okay? Because we're navigating life in flesh. And I always tell people, we are not flesh. We are spirits dressed in, if you will, housed in a body. But when this body dies off, our spirit detaches. And I'm not trying to get too deep on you, but life is really hard for most people because most people only operate off of or based off of what they can see with their naked eye. And it sucks, okay? So identity crisis versus identity in Christ. Joseph and David were very similar because they were both very confident at a young age. When Joseph was, um, Joseph's, Joseph's gifts were dreams. Now, before I go into Joseph and his story, when God calls you, so we all know that God has a calling on, there's a difference between being called is what I'm learning and having a purpose. I feel like everybody has purpose, but not everybody is called. Okay. So first things first, just to go back a little bit before I even go into that. Are you called or are you purposed? Let's take a pause. Aaliyah, what do you mean by that? Are you called or are you just purposed for something? Whether you know this or not, there's an assignment on all of our lives. All of us are assigned to 
something or someone for the greater good, for the kingdom of God, all of us, period, dot. Whether it's good or bad, we are all assigned to or for something. So to me, that's purpose. Purpose only comes from God. Everybody wakes up and says, oh, I'm, I'm living my purpose. You know, I'm living my best life. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping in and I'm walking into my purpose. But storing up your treasures here on earth is insane. Because when you go, none of that goes with you. And I'm not against talent. To me, a lot of talented people think that they're in their purpose. There's a difference between talent and purpose. So if you're in the business of, or an entrepreneur, right? But nothing you do is tied to kingdom. It's just talent. Kingdom meaning the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, Jesus. You know, like me, I, I am in the business of God, right? And I'm not knocking people who are talented at all. But talent and gifts are two different things. Talent and purpose, two different things. Purpose, giftings, and being called. All of that is spiritual and it comes directly from a heavenly place, okay? Are you called or are you just purposed? If you don't know, take a moment to ask God to reveal it to you. If you do know that you're called and you're not just purposed, this message is extremely for you. So now that we know we're called or however you want to put it, this is step one, being called and knowing it, recognizing, hmm, hmm, okay? When you're called, God is going to give you a gift. Every called person has a gift, a spiritual gift, whether that be prophecy, whether that be you're a teacher, whether that be you're a pastor. There's a difference between a an apostle, a pastor, and a teacher and a minister. But, okay, so whether you're a minister, whether you're an usher, whether you're an evangelist, whether you're uh, one who worships, whether you're an intercessor, these are gifts. These are God-given gifts given to human people. He trusts us with these gifts to step into our purpose now because we're assigned to someone or something or a few someones and some things for the greater good, okay? For the kingdom of God. Christ Jesus, when he died, okay? He didn't die in vain. He died for a purpose on, he died on purpose for a purpose, okay? It is our job as believers to run screen every which way that we can and tell people about, about the goodness of the Lord, to tell people that Jesus is coming back soon and we it is everyone's job, whether you're a teacher, an apostle, a minister, um, a an intercessor, it's all of our jobs as believers to be evangelists, okay? So God will give these God-given gifts from heaven to have us now go out and make disciples of ourselves or for ourselves, which is one of the things that Jesus actually commanded to the disciples when he was here. Go and make disciples for yourself. Boom. We're called. We got that. Now that we know that we're called, we know that our calling has a purpose on it. Okay. Purpose and talent we have just discussed are not the same. 
you could be good at hair. Okay. Um, but is that a talent or is that your purpose? Now, keep in mind, you can do hair and minister while you're doing hair in your salon, wherever this is. Church can lead the four walls of the actual physical church. So some people might, let me be clear, if you're doing hair, let, let me just make it real simple. Anything not tied to God is just talent. It's your will. But anything tied to God, tied to kingdom is purpose and it is a gift. Okay. We're all following. The reason that Joseph and David were, I say confident, is because Joseph he was called, he would have dreams. So he was a prophet. God would send him visions through and in dreams. Okay. When David, or I'm sorry, when Joseph first began to have his dream, his very first dream mentioned, he talked about it. He was excited about it. He told his brothers about it. He told his father Israel about it. And that's what his brothers hated him for. Okay. Now we're going to, actually, I'm ahead of myself. Keep, put a pin in that. Okay. His brothers hated him for his gifting, right? But he knew he was called for something greater. I don't, Actually, I'll take that back. I don't think he knew, but I know he, as I did growing up, felt different. Like something, something is just interesting, right? Same thing with David. When David was younger, he steps to a giant, the giant being Goliath. He actually looks at his brothers and the, the men that were going to war like he couldn't believe that they were scared to go up against this giant because he didn't understand who could defy the true and living God. He didn't care. David didn't care how big the giant was. He didn't care about that at all. David knew who he was in the Lord and that he was different and that this giant could not defeat him not with the help of the Lord on his side. David knew he had the Lord on his side and he knew he would beat the giant because the Lord was on his side. So these two things, the 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 pattern, if you will, or uh, yeah, we'll say the pattern, if you will, Joseph and David understood at a very young age their identity. They weren't, they didn't have a crisis. They weren't like, what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And I don't understand. And this made them, it made it really easy for them to transition from being mentioned to stepping into their purpose, right? So going from being called, transitioning to now having to step into that purpose that you're called for, it made their transition smooth. Not that their transition was smooth from the outside looking in. They went through some hell and high waters. However, because they knew who they were in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, you guys, that was where their faith lied. They literally rested in knowing who God was. Now, I would say Samuel, Samuel wasn't confident at first. Okay. Eventually he becomes that, but he wasn't at first. Samuel wasn't really sure about his calling in the beginning. But with the help of Eli, who was one of the judges of Israel, he learns how to operate in his gift at an early age. And we can find this over in 1 Samuel chapter 3. The Lord actually calls out to Samuel a few times. 
Literally, he himself calls out to Sam Samuel. Samuel hears it in his sleep. He wakes up thinking it's Eli calling him. And each time the Lord called out to Samuel, Samuel would run to Eli and ask, yes, your servant's here. Like, what do you need? Are you calling me? What's going on? And Eli was looking at him like, bro, ain't nobody called you. Go to sleep. But this happened a few times. Eli being anointed himself, he finally, the very last time Samuel came back, said, you know what? What I want you to do, he gave him instructions. And this is why it's key that when you're called, anytime God calls you, you will be tied. He's going to make sure he confirms it by tying you to another anointed individual who also is called, okay? It's going to be another servant of the Lord, okay? A God-fearing man or a God-fearing woman. Eli tells Samuel, go back. And if you are called again, to tell the Lord that your servant is listening and see what he says next. Eventually that happens. And God actually begins to speak to Samuel over in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And boom, that's when Samuel realizes that he has the gifting of prophecy, that he has been called, and that this is what he should be doing because thus says the Lord. When the Lord speaks, as called people, as people with purpose, we do have to respond, okay? So again, he wasn't the most confident in the beginning, but once he knew who he was and knew what it was that was going on, he moved. Lastly, we have Solomon. Solomon for sure just knew off rip. Uh, God, let me, let me tell you something. Without you, can't do it. And I loved, even though Solomon's fault was sad. I absolutely appreciated the fact that Solomon's honesty was illustrated in this word because he made it clear to God that you, I've inherited something that's bigger than me. And guys, remember, I mentioned that earlier. When something is bigger than you, and that is going to happen to us in life, you have to call on and believe in something greater than, right? And who better than to be the great I am, the true and living God, the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, with the help of the Holy Spirit? Come on now. So Solomon tells God over in 1 King chapter 3, verses 7 through 9, that he needed his help. Remember, Solomon is the son of David. He inherits kingship. So David passes and Solomon then becomes the king of Israel. Now, in context, this is God's chosen people. So Solomon knew that this calling was way bigger than him. And in order for him to justly reign over these people, he needed the wisdom of God to be bestowed upon him. And God, hearing Solomon pray, and ask for a just heart and an understanding heart to be able to be the king that he was called to be, God honored that and appreciated that. And in scripture, you will find that God said, because you didn't pray for the money and the cars and for the life of your enemies, but instead you prayed to me, asking me with a genuine heart to help me to take care of my people or help him to take care of God's people, it was like, what? Who at a young age is praying like that? So God gives Solomon the gift of wisdom. 
I want us to understand that knowledge, intelligence, and wisdom are three different things. Two of those are worldly things, uh, and it's it's a, a, a human thing. And one of those comes from God, will only come from God, is a spiritual thing, and no one else can, it can come from nowhere else. Wisdom is of God. Wisdom comes from God and God only. So when God blesses Samuel in his heart, gives him a heart of understanding, he gives him wisdom. He also tells him that there will be no none like you, none like you before you and none like you after you. These three examples of Joseph, of David, of Samuel, and of Solomon. Joseph and David, confident when they were called. Samuel, not in the beginning, but eventually he moved. And then Solomon, not confident at all. Ask yourself, which one of these are you? Me personally, I think I'm, I think I'm Samuel. I think I'm Samuel. I think I'm, I'm trying to figure out my identity in Christ. I'm not there just yet. But daily, he confirms himself more and more to me, whether that's through his word or through people who also are called and anointed. It, it becomes helpful. But who are you? Okay. So we go from being called to process to purpose. Now, all four of these men were tried. Okay. Depending on their self-identity, identity is what determined their outcome. Now, remember, <clears throat> I said, I said that the transition for David and Joseph from being called to having now go through this process before they can actually get to, you know, fulfilling their purpose, they were tried. I'm talking left and right. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers because, again, they hated him. And David, for the first half of his life, was running. First of all, David battled as a, as a boy. He went to fight a giant. And then David is running from his life, running for his life from King Solomon because King Solomon hated David and his gifting. King Solomon, I mean, I'm sorry, King Saul knew that the Lord was going to strip him of his kingship and have David reign as king over Israel. And Saul hated David for this. Are you guys seeing the pattern of events here? The theme is when you're called and God gives you this gift, people are going to hate you for it. They are going to hate you. This is why it is important to know who we are in Christ. So you don't waver when the hate starts coming because the hate, it's going to come. The Lord says that trials and tribulations shall come. Not that they may, but that they shall. The people closest to you, oh, they're going to turn their backs on you. First off, first and foremost, the people closest to you going to turn their nose up to you. Oh, she really thinks that she can do and, do, and do. they going to talk about you. They going to talk about you. They going to mock you. Look what they did to Jesus. We are no different. I'm sure when Noah was building the ark, they thought he was insane. And Noah ain't built that ark in two days. It took decades for Noah to build that ark. Had Noah not known who he was in God, he would have not built the ark and drowned with everybody else, okay? You and I, speaking to both of us, when we are called, you got to get up underneath, first of all, the grace of God, 
in the hand of the Lord. But sec secondly, you got to get up under and next to people who also are like-minded. Not that your gifts are going to be the same. None of us have the same gifts. And even if there's two of us who are pastors or there's two of us that are ministers, our gifts are still going to look different. Why? Because God designed us uniquely and each gift is working together for the greater good. So, okay, when you're called, it is important to start to establish a, I don't, I don't want to even just put it in a, a, a box on it, but it's important to establish a, 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 a circle of people who are also like-minded in one, they believe in God. And when I say God, I say, I mean, Jesus Christ. Okay. They acknowledge that he is Lord and savior. And then you also want to be tied to a Bible believing church, a Bible believing church. You have to, it is a must. Do not get tied to people who try to exalt themselves above God. You want to be with humble people who, when you're confused, like Samuel was, and you're thinking that a regular person called you and the whole time, our father in heaven is calling you by your name. You want to be tied to someone that can say, Hey, you might not see it yet. You might not hear it yet. You might not feel it yet, but that, that is God. You need to be tied to and up under somebody like that. And God will make sure to confirm himself if you're called. He will be sure to do so. However that looks, you will know, I assure you, okay? When you're called, you're not going to know exactly who you are in Christ. You're not. You're, you're absolutely really not. But every day, God is working it out on our behalf. He's working it out. Waking us up on purpose for his purpose. So this is what's happening here. When these boys are called, they're hated and they get tried. If you are getting tried, you should probably jump for joy because there's something on your life. As of late, it's blowing my mind. I'm looking around and I'm like, this person, I think this person's called because I could just see it on a spiritual level, you have a calling on your life. And the devil hates a calling. He hates a call. He don't know what you called for, but the devil knows the presence of God. He feels it. He trembles at that. He hates that. He can feel it, okay? He's going to throw every test at you. And some things aren't even going to be of the devil. God will try you. He's going to try you to see if you're true. You ever hear that song, Tried and True? I don't even think it's called Tried and True. However, God is going to test those who he calls on purpose. <laughs> and it sucks, you guys. It sucks so bad. But this is just the truth. Like I said, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. Okay? And David, David is almost killed. On numerous occasions, not almost, he was actually never almost killed because God wouldn't let it happen. But Saul tried to kill David a few times. And this, David actually was close to Saul. Are y'all following me? Y'all do recall that Judas is the one who snitched on where Jesus was. And that's when they have found you. Are y'all catching on with, 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 with discerning spirits and hearts? Please discern your circle. Please. Knowing who you are, 
definitely depends on your outcome. You cannot get to where God has called you when you don't even know where you came from. This is why a lot of people live their life based off of how they feel. I feel this way, so I'm going to talk this way. I feel this way, so I'm going to act this way. I feel this way. This is just me. This is what it is. And they live that. Okay? Other people will say, I went through this, so now this is who I am. People have said this about me, so it must be true. So this is what it is. But who, what has God said about you? A lot of people are out here living fictional lives, no matter how real they want to paint the picture. They look crazy. A lot of people are out here living based off of your their emotion. You can't make no real decision based off emotion. But God, he's forever the same. He's he's a consistent God. He does not waver in his ways. He does not change. If the wind blows from the east to the west, God ain't blowing with the wind from the east to the west. God is foundation. Young people, when I say these are the years for us to lay out our foundation, that foundation needs to be founded on the word of God, period, dot. You need to have some people around you and some things in your heart and your mind and your body and in your spirit that tie to kingdom, that tie to something greater than you. Anything not founded on God will crumble. It doesn't matter if it crumbles slow or quick. Anything not founded on God, anything not founded on Jesus, okay, will crumble every time. Relationships, status, money, power, marriages, anything. It does not matter. Identity gives us purpose. Purpose gives us hope. When you don't know who you are, you feel purposeless. This is why, especially today, the spirit of depression the spirit of anxiety and the spirit of suicide is heavy amongst younger people. Young people, especially today, have no idea who they are at all. Why is this? Because society and culture it has stripped God out of everything, has stripped the name of the Lord out of everything. You cannot talk about God in school, Jesus in school. You cannot, you you can't talk about God anywhere. You you can't, you just cannot. Religion is, you, is something you can't talk about. You cannot. But people are out here battling demons, okay? Real demons and have no real fight back. They have no real foundation. Without knowing who we are, we lack purpose. And when you have no purpose, you are living life blindly. Blindly. A hot mess on fire in the spirit is what I call it. When you don't have purpose, you guys, you don't have hope. What is the point in living if I don't got no purpose? So I have no idea what's even going on. And now my hope is taken. This is the thing. The enemy comes to, to steal your joy. He says he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He comes to kill your hope, to steal your hope, to destroy your hope. He wants to take away who you are in God's eyes. He wants to strip you of your identity, put false beliefs into you. And now that you feel something on the inside, it's spewing out on the outside. But God ain't said that. 
How we see ourselves is not how God sees us. First Samuel chapter 16 and 7, the Lord does not see man. The Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Our confidence should never be in ourselves. Period. Dot. Let that breathe. Your confidence in this life should never rest in you. I don't care what you say. I'm a confident person, you guys. I know that that just sounded a little contradicting. Listen, listen to what I'm about to say. I'm confident. I don't think I'm the baddest thing on the planet, but I also, I'm confident. I think, I think I think I'm real beautiful. I absolutely do. But I also know I am a hot, hideous mess on fire. I also know that I make really bad decisions sometimes. I also know that some days I might wake up, I don't like it. The next day I might like it. I What I'm trying to say, you guys, is that we as humans, we're like a fish out of water. We are not consistent. Only God is. We are not perfect. Only God is. Our confidence should always be in God, meaning our trust should always be in God, no matter what it looks like, no matter how we feel, our confidence should always be in God. We should never trust ourselves to live this life alone. That is why people can't live this life alone. And a lot of people are depressed, stressed, anxious, angry, and bitter today, if not more, because a lot of people are only confident in themselves or they have no confidence at all. Those of us who, who know God and can call on God for ourselves, we might wake up some days and not feel our best, but because our confidence rests wherever God is, we know that we can take it step by step, day by day. You ever see somebody lose something so much, they, they lo they've lost everything and they're still like, okay. And you just be looking at them like, girl, what? How, how are you okay right now? They got to believe in something greater. That's what that is. That that confidence isn't just within them. If I trust me, if I had to just solely depend on myself, I would not be here. Scriptures to study: Philippians one and six, Psalms one thirty nine thirteen through thirty four, Jeremiah seventeen and seven. All of those scriptures talk about confidence in God and how we should be confident in the Lord. I just realized the other day. That it's hard for me to find my footing in Christ because I keep putting my feet in all the wrong places. And then a light bulb moment. I have a light bulb moment. A light bulb goes off. And I'm like, this is why I'm confused, God. And you already told me in your word, Lord, that you are not the author of confusion. You did not give me the spirit of fear. But you gave me the spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. Anytime my mind is not sound, something not right. Anytime. Oh my God. Okay, I'm following. Because being 25 is probably one of the hardest things. Being 24, hardest thing. 23, hardest thing. 22, 21, 20, hardest thing. I'm like, everything, like, Especially today for young people because of social media and how our, our culture is today. You know, everything is just a hot, hideous mess on fire. 
It's like life is just pulling you in every single direction. All the time. Everywhere. Every which way. You're just being pulled in every direction. But the word of God tells us that the, the path to heaven is narrow. Meaning, you don't get too much wiggle room to get to heaven. Meaning, it's, it's slim. There ain't no getting pulled every which way and then thinking you're going in, into heaven. There ain't no playing hopscotch with the spirit and then thinking you're getting into heaven. And I'm not saying this to scare anybody. This is just real spill. This is scripture. And so as we begin to be challenged in our identity, because once your identity is stripped of you or once you have tapped into your identity in Christ, life goes either which way. You either going, you going down quick or we about to ride out with Jesus Christ and it's going down in it, but in a good way. We, we on our way somewhere, Lord, because identity is key to life. It's everything. We keep having so many talks about identity and identity and identity and identity and identity because this is how I feel. So this is what it is. Or this person said this. And so this must be the truth. Or Bob, God is the truth. He's a true and living God. You want to know about yourself? Go ask him. You want to know how to find God? Tap into his word. The easiest, most quick way to find God before you learn anything. This is, this is believer one-on-one. Get a Bible. Open your Bible. Ask God to reveal him to you. If you are real God, show me right now in your word. Show me. I want to know. It says, ask, knock, receive. That's not a joke. God's word is not a joke. God don't talk out the side of his neck. When he says something, it's law. You want some truth, you have to tap in to the true and living God. You are unsure of who you are, you have to tap in with the true and living God. You don't know which way is up, which way is down, what what, what you're supposed to do in life, which you're, if you're called, um, when you're called, who you're called to, am I purposed, what's my assignment, Lord, in this, all of this being in spirit. What, what, why do you wake me up every day on purpose for a purpose? When I wake up in the morning, I pray, I say, God, thank you for waking me up on purpose for your purpose. It's a reason God hasn't counted you out just yet. It's a reason he goes so hard in the paint for you. No matter how crazy we out here looking it, there is a reason. There's a reason why you're being tried left and right and right and left. There is a reason. There's something on your life. That God needs to birth through you on purpose for a greater purpose. You're tied to something greater. You're tied to something more. What, what is it? I can't tell you. I'm still figuring out my path, this, this spiritual path and my purpose myself. Open your Bible. They have Bible apps now, people. Like, please. I'm not trying to sell God to you. Okay, I'm not. He, he can do that all on his own by his spirit. I'm telling you that greater is he that lives in me. This is how I can get through life. No matter what. When we know our identity in Christ, we won't just settle for anything. You ain't going to be out here looking like cuckoo crazy. Our victory is in Christ. I'm going to end with this, okay? 
because this blessed my whole chest, my whole soul. It's Romans. I'm coming from Romans. And I'm going to read 8 and 26. Okay. New King James Version. And it reads, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness for we do not know what we should pray for. We ought, but for we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to do or according to the will of God. You all. Thank you for stopping by. I, this word really excited me because it really gave me some, 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 something to work with. It really gave me some substance. It really gave me some oomph. It lets me know that I don't have to be lost. If I'm lost, I'm choosing to be lost, but I don't have to be. Romans 8 and 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I'm going to pick up on 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. You can be called and be a hot mess. Remember, who you are when you're called is not going to be who you are when you start stepping into your purpose and who you are when you begin to step into your purpose is not who you're going to be when that purpose is fulfilled it is not it will not be that when david was called he was 17 years old i'm sorry he was the youngest of eight when joseph was called he was 17 years old when samuel was called he was actually given to the Lord, back to the Lord by his mother. But when he was called, he too was a child ministering before God. Who you are when you're called, it's not, it's like, it's, it doesn't come as a surprise to God because he called you. A lot of people think I've done way too many bad things in my life for God to have called me. And I'm here to tell you today that the devil is a lie. There's people who do terrible, terrible things. An example out of the Bible is Saul. Not King Saul, but Saul, the one that was killing the Christians in the New Testament. Killing off the Christians. Killing off the believers because he hated them. And then the Damascus Road happens. And Jesus calls him. And he writes most of the books in the New Testament. Who, like, like, I, I don't think you understand how much this message blessed my heart. Because I don't have to have it all figured out. In fact, I will never have it all figured out. Even when it looks like I got it figured out, I don't. I didn't create myself. And y'all, there's certain things that 
not that that you have to go to God about that you can't even get from your mother or your father. Because although your mother birthed you and your dad helped to make your being, God created you. He fashioned you. He molded you. It's going it's it's going to come 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 a time that if you are purposed or if you are called that God is going to isolate you on purpose for his purpose. And I'm here to tell you it doesn't always feel good. I'm sure that when David, I'm sorry, when when Joseph was sold by his brothers, that was his isolation. He was called. Now God has to isolate him because he has to take him to, to to process. He has to take him to the wilderness place because now he has to begin to mold him and strip him and 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 breathe who he wants him to be within him. That didn't feel good, I'm sure. But while Joseph was, you know, in was a slave and then he eventually goes to jail and stuff like that he had favor everywhere he went you guys in scripture it says that it says everywhere he went he had favor and then eventually joseph runs into his brothers and he's able to tell them see this is why it's so key to know who you are in god instead of being mad at them having them killed having them slain beating them up crying being bitter hating them he tells them out of his own mouth pretty much don't even worry about it because you guys did not put me here god did he put me here for a purpose for his will joseph knew who he was in god's eyes he knew who he knew he was called and he knew something greater was to come out of his sorrow and his pain. The thing about God is he's not going to allow our pain to happen in vain. Sometimes you have to go through these trials and these tribulations to tell the next person who goes through what you went through. I went through that and, and you know what? No, it didn't feel good. But there is a God. He got me through it and you will be okay. In Jesus name, I pray that for you. I didn't like it myself, but being placed in a psychiatric hold facility, I, that's not even like a fun story to tell. I'm healed from it so I can speak on it. I don't speak on it for pity sake. It's just, it's a true thing. It's happened to me, but you know what? It's happening to people today still. I wanted to commit suicide. That's still happening today still. God didn't have me to go through what I went through in vain. Your pain has purpose, you guys. Let me say that again. Your pain has purpose. Your mistakes have purpose. You being a hot, hideous mess on fire, there's still purpose in you. God sits high, but he looks low. You're purposed for a greater purpose. Understand that. Let's get this today. I want us to get this today. I really do. I, I tell God a lot. I'm like, I'm nothing without you, seriously, for real, on a, on a, like on a real level, for real. It's not a cliche to me. I'm literally watching how God snatched me up out of my mess. I was going down a path of self-destruction, snatched me, then called me 
and then began to work on me. And even when I don't think he's working, he's working. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, wow. Thing, things that would be hard for me to accomplish when I didn't believe, it's like, I don't even got to do that. It just, by the grace of God, comes to pass. Now, don't get it twisted. Faith without works is still dead. <laughs> but I'm, what I'm saying is when you know who you are in the body of Christ, when you know who you are in God's eyes, the process, it feels lighter. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say things get easier. But now you have a confidant. Now you have something greater than you. He says, I am the great I am. The reason he says I am and didn't put nothing on that is it's for us to fill in the blank. I am the great provider. I am the great father. I am the great friend. I am the great spouse. I am, I am whatever you need God to be for you. Put it, put it, put it, put it right there in that blank. He's that. He can be that for you. I don't know if you guys are paying attention to the times and to what's going on in the world around us. It's getting bad. It, it's, let me stop. it's it's not getting bad. It's bad. It is bad. And it's time for us to start pulling on something bigger than ourselves. Because I can tell those who lack faith, who have no faith, who, who do not believe. I'm not knocking you if you don't believe, but I can see it. Because you're like a chicken with your head cut off. Whatever somebody says, you 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 go crazy. You guys, let me tell you this: when the when the pandemic first took place, I was so at ease and 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 calm because God already said that this was going to happen in His Word. He's already He loved us enough to say this is going to happen, and then give us instructions. He loved us enough to give us His only Son. Seriously, like. What I'm, I'm not selling you the Lord. I'm selling you confidence, however. I, that I am. God got, God got him on his own. I don't got to sell you, God. God knows what to do to, 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 to get to his people. He knows. I'm selling you confidence. I'm selling you hope. I'm selling you. I'm, 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 I'm trying to give you something to grip on. Because it's, it, it's going down. It's going down. I thank God for God. The praise God for God. I just want to leave you guys with this one last time. Romans chapter 8, verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, meaning who he chose before the foundation of the earth, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. You are justified. When you think you've messed up, because that self-condemnation will have you in a place. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I suffer from this bad, severely. Self-condemnation, meaning I'm not worthy. I can't do it. God, I've done this. God, I've done that. I look like this. I've said this. Self-condemnation is going to keep you in a place of stagnation, hopeless. And defeated. 
but you are justified when you are called. He knows you're going to do stupid. I broke down and cried the other day because I, I was thinking about all this stuff that I've just done. And I'm like, there's no way you could use me mightily. And then I get this, 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 this word. I said, I'm justified. You mean to tell me, you know, I was going to be stupid. God, how about this? L let me help you out a little bit. You mean, you knew I was going to have a kid at a young age. God, you mean, you knew I was going to be out here acting like a hoe. God, you mean, you knew I was going to be out here cheating. God, I'm not talking about myself. I'm giving y'all examples, by the way. You knew I was going to be out here. Whatever it is that you doing in private, it ain't in private because God knows about it. But it is justified. And it says, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. He is going to make you greater than you will ever know by his spirit. No more identity crisis, but rather, who are you in Christ? Let's get into Christ. Let's call on God and, and have him tell us who we are. I promise he has something good to say about you. And I promise he has something greater for you that you don't even know or understand. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jesus. Seriously, you guys, I'm not just talking just to talk. Until next time, it's Shades of J. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in with me this week. We will return next Wednesday at 8 o'clock p.m. That will be Eastern Standard Time. We do post weekly uploads. You can find Shades of J, the podcast, on Instagram at shades.jay. We hope that you all stop by next week for our next episode. See you then. <laughs>